0: What advice are we giving our daughters? What advice are we giving the rising generation in terms of what is the moment at which you make a move? How soon? What's too soon? What's too soon? And and also, how do I
2: get the hell out of this podcast without hurting your feelings? (laughs)
0: I'm Rachel Bellow. And I'm Suzanne Buchan. Welcome to the big payoff. Today we're talking about what to do when you feel stuck at work. You know, you were stuck for many years. You know you know
2: that feeling. The feeling is you're stuck in a job you hate. Stuck in a field you never chose in the first place. It feels totally random. Stuck in a toxic relationship with a boss and you're totally obsessed about that and your boyfriend or your husband or your partner cannot bear to hear you talking about it anymore. Stuck
0: in something you loathe. And the worst feeling that I had when I was stuck, which was really in my 30s. That's the moment I was in my late 20s, early 30s, was that I was in a job where I knew in my head that it was time to go. You knew in your ear because I was telling right. you. Right. Ra- Rachel was telling me constantly, except for you weren't offering me a path out. I know. That's my specialty. Like, <laughs> Just noting no, how awful no. my circumstances were because my boss was, for all intents and purposes, toxic for mm. me. I was going to say abusive, although that sounds... <laughs> Was he kind of abused? He was emotionally. Are you trying to position yourself as a as an abuse victim victim? now? Yeah, no, don't do that. No, because I respect Kesha too much for that. So it's not. I'm not going there. I'm just saying it was a toxic environment for me. You were telling me I needed to get out. I couldn't see a path out, and the worst feeling is if you can't see the path forward. I don't know what to do every single day because at work I'm miserable. And yet that misery is stopping me from seeing what else I might be able to do with my life. You know, Suzanne, I had always the
2: opposite issue, which is I would bail too soon. I would be – I would – you know, there would be a six-month ramp up of being terrified on my way to work every day that I was going to be discovered as a fraud and I was going to fail. And then, of course, I kicked ass. And succeeded in whatever I tried. Well, no, but I, I was—I became comfortable and got the ropes, got the neighborhood, got the bought My boss's operating system. Like I understand who's who, I, how to work, and it became comfortable. And then the minute it would become comfortable, it'd be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Now it's next. I'm bored, and I would bail. And I really think what it has to do
0: with is your your fantasy or your feelings about change. Yes. And I wonder if now there's been a reaction to that generation where even in our generation, your lifeline, your lifespan at work was more like five to 10 years. Now it feels like it's getting shorter and shorter to the point where I'm seeing my son, Ryan, who's been in a job less than a year already looking and going, well, I better not get stuck here what else can I do? Should I take that job opportunity? Should I apply for that? Because the panic, I think, is if I don't move too soon, I'm going to get stuck. And so I'm wondering, what do you do? If you're a young person today, and the world around you is saying, you know what, if you're somewhere for five years, you're screwed. Because and you're
2: uncool. You're, so not, somehow not, you're not on the move. You're uncool.
0: You know what, rather than
2: hour trying to answer this, we actually have someone in the studio today who's going to really help That's a help big us.
0: surprise to me because I didn't know we had a guest today, Rachel. <laughs> Well, I've invited someone, and here she is. Um,
2: Adrian gruncella Larson is the editor-in-chief of a really amazing platform called The Muse. Go to themuse.com and check it out. It's it's If I say it's a sort of career platform makes that sound, makes it sound yeah, like HRE, it is so not. It's cool. It's got a very distinctive voice. It's definitely skews young, although we'll ask her whether there are subscribers. I think there in are. our case, everything feels like like it's well, that's true. If you notice that anyone younger than me is described as 12 right. years old, that's my rule. Right. It feels very 12-year-old. Um, but there are, you know, a million five subscribers who can't be wrong. Five million visitors a month can't be wrong. It is and it's a not just work.
0: finding a job, yeah. it's about how to stay great on the job, it's about how to keep your world and your career moving forward. And I am so curious because they must have a ton of data and pattern recognition around what is happening out there. There. And also, I want to know from her, what advice are we giving our daughters? What advice are we giving the rising generation in terms of what is the moment at which you make a move? How yeah. soon? What's too soon? What's too soon? And and also, how do I get the hell
2: out of this podcast without hurting your feelings? <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to hear from Adrian all
0: about that. You just like her because you like that her middle name that you can pronounce with that. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. It's annoying. Okay, we'll be back to the big panel after this short break. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. Today, we're talking about what it feels like to be stuck, mostly because I'm stuck with Rachel, and these are therapy sessions for both of us, and today was my pick, how do I get out of these long-term business relationships? Wow, Suzanne, you know,
2: actually, yes? we could have a whole separate show about what it feels like <laughs> to be stuck in with your therapist when you're oh, trying to get yeah. out. You know that my sister told her therapist years ago that she was moving to Paris to get out of her therapy. She was not. She was just done with therapy. She told her she was moving to Paris and about three weeks later her therapist ran into her on Fifth Avenue Uh -uh. and she told her she was... We're twins. She told her... Like she acted
0: like she didn't recognize her and went, oh, I'm Rachel, I'm sorry. <laughs> or your hairstylist. How hard is it to get out of that relationship? Oh, I do that all the time. I okay. do that every two years. So this is not what we're talking about with Adrian today. So um, Adrian grenzella Larson, who's the editor-in-chief of The Muse, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. And we are seeing at least from our observation, because we live in an interesting environment where we have a lot of young employees and colleagues and and kids who we're seeing behave one way. And I have to say, I was actually just with a 50-year-old guy who was exhibiting the same behaviors of kind of panic that he was stuck. So are you seeing this feeling out there? And what's
1: causing that? Yeah, I think there's a combination of things going on. I think... As you were mentioning in the intro, the, the, sh- the life cycle of a job has shortened. Yeah. People are staying at jobs every 18 months. Whoa. Yeah. Is that real? That's, that's the same... average. Oh, my 18 God. Months.
0: 18 months. And an employee. So if you got a resume from someone, you're an employee and you could see a resume and somebody shifted jobs. That's considered to be not just um, whimsical,
1: like but like a, but uh, a normal. Normal, especially wow. for people earlier in their careers wow. and now, at this point, millennials now are make up more than fifty percent of the workforce, so this norm of switching jobs every every year, every two years, every three tops i 've been at my job for four and a half years, and it is a rarity. You rarely hear about anymore.
0: and when you tell people i 've been at my job for like we asked you that actually out in the lobby of the, uh, before the show. Is there any feeling that when you're saying that out loud that you think the impression of that is going to be
1: negative? Like, oh, she's been there four and a half years. I actually started panicking about it a couple of years ago when I was hitting kind of mark three, three and a half. What was that panic? Why is does this is this a bad thing? When everybody not. is changing jobs every couple of years is the fact that I am going on four years, going on five years. You mean, does it say to, something bad
2: about you? Does it, it say
1: something bad about mm-hmm. me? Does it look like, does it look like I'm stuck? Does it look like yeah. I'm not getting other yeah. experiences going elsewhere? And, and I asked one of my mentors about it and she said, you know, as long as you have a story, as to why you have stayed there. You're showing progression. I mean, in in my case, the company has grown from zero to 85 people. We've raised money. We've launched new products. There has been a dramatic change in my responsibilities. That's a story I can tell that does not make me look stuck. So what is happening in the
0: cultural environment that's around work, that's making people feel
1: that sense of, I got to get out of here? I think one of the things is that we see everyone's life played out on social media, right? And so everybody, if the cultural
2: norm is like a revolving door, and you're not, and
1: the the culture is a revolving door. But also, you are not comparing yourself to everyone else's reality. You are comparing oh yourself to God, everyone else's right. highlight reel. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're that's seeing on so social true. media your friends, you know. Getting engaged, getting married, talking about how great this event that they're going to at work is, talking about right, their Nobody's promotions. tweeting and
0: saying, I'm feeling really stuck today. No one. Showing right. themselves at their desk <laughs> with their head on the, on the
1: table, right. weeping. <laughs>
0: oh, that'd be a hard selfie to but, take. But
2: surely there are people, there are moments where you really are stuck. But, and again, as I said in, in the first segment, if you have a real issue with change, if you are resistant to change, and there are people who really fear change, um, you could find yourself, in fact, stuck when you should be moving on. What do you what do you guys advise? Like what kinds of articles, what kinds of advice do you? give? What would you give?
1: Yeah, I I see this a lot, not just people who are in terrible jobs with, with toxic managers, but people who are in okay jobs. And I think that is actually the much worst. more common because you think about leaving and you say, well, exactly. But yeah. I have four weeks of vacation every year. Well, yeah, you know, the devil but, I know is better than the devil I don't. Yeah. Well, change feels like such a big step and feels so hard. One of the things I say is to just start talking to people you don't have to do anything but buy somebody a coffee one hour a week who has a job who kind of sounds interesting you have to buy you have to buy Mm -hmm. do you buy is that how is that the protocol (laughs) if you ask someone to coffee you usually buy
0: didn't well i was just gonna say unless unless, we had that experience i think it was lily yeah okay so rachel's daughter took this wait but no she no no she she expected lily to pay
2: yeah, I think it was because Lily was getting career advice. But even so, this was a 50-something-year-old woman, very, very established. Successful. And Lily was like, you know, maybe still in school. I think she ended up paying for dinner.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's but you're awkward. saying for coffee, this is an important point. The protocol is if I call someone who I'm really taking to coffee, for me, I pay. You pay. Okay. Yeah. So you take people to coffee and you get yourself out there. And then this is what I need to know for my kids is at what point do you actually flip that thanks so much for giving me that advice into can
1: you help me? Or is that awkward? No, I don't think it's awkward. I think it's something that you have to do at some point. And I think when you you don't typically do it at that coffee. The coffee is building a relationship. And then you email later and, and stay in touch. You send articles that you think the person might find interesting.
2: And isn't there part of a fear that the place you are will hear that you're like on the hunt for something else?
1: I think that is possible. But if truly you're just going out and, and meeting with people and, and hearing about interesting jobs, everybody does that. I mean, at the end of the day, you, everyone who finds a new job, 95% of people who find a new job are doing it on the job.
2: Yeah. As long as
1: you're not, you know, printing resumes at the office. Well,
2: what would you feel if you discovered that one of your employees was actively, like if someone came to you who happened to be a friend of yours and said, you know, I just think you should know that she asked me to coffee and she's kind of actively thinking, what would that? would that ding that person in your head what what would that do
1: I think I mean I would certainly have a conversation with the person and see what was going on what was making them feel like they needed to look if there was something that we could change about their roles and responsibilities that would that would help them stay and do you think that
0: bo- that supervisors managers bosses should be counseling their teams out of jobs at a certain point so that They don't actually end up getting into that comfort zone that you were talking about where it's just like, yeah, I could stay here indefinitely.
1: I don't think out of the company. I think it it is important to help people feel like they always have new challenges that they can take on. They are actively talking to your employees about their career go- growth and what they want and to learn. And that they're learning. And that they're learning. I mean, that I think is is one of the major things that this yeah. generation wants. So I have to tell, I have to admit something. And I, I don't know if
0: Rachel will remember this. So we were running this company, Return on Inspiration Ventures. It was a growing strategy firm in the social impact space. And we started to get, quote unquote, real employees, like this guy who was going to move from New York to work for us. He had been Ugh. at Pepsi, you know, a marketing, marketing guy, Yale, Northwestern grad school. So people who could be going anywhere and were actually considering coming to us And he moved from Chicago, from New York to work for us in Chicago. And about six months in, nine months in, he wanted to have a review, which I don't even think at the time we were that – organized that we were giving people reviews, but he wanted to have a review, and very important to him, to Adrian's point, was so what's next for what's me? What's my career path here? Right. And Suzanne and I looked at each other like, <laughs> like I, I do Goddamn career path. <laughs> Just... We're going to make this company good, sell the shit out of it, and then you'll be out right. of a like, job. Figure it out. It was, it, <laughs> we really were dumbfounded. Like, And then someone said to us at some point, it was our HR director, yep. see that we were sophisticated enough to have an HR not director, HR. but That's not a career ladder. But she said to us, you know, people, young people today expect more clarity about what's next and what's right. next, or they are going to be looking around because for them, there really is this growth mindset that if I'm not every X number of months, either getting a promotion or more responsibility or something, maybe you know, I, I, I
2: think you just said the key word because learning is actually Always a subset of this. <laughs> it Unconsciously you do. It is growth right? It's really about Mm -hmm. growth. And that's partly your responsibility in your job. And it's partly the responsibility of the company. So if you feel you're still growing, you can still stay. And if there are ways of adding things that help you grow, you can still stay. But if you're not growing, right, then what do you advise people? Like, is your first advice, try to find
1: ways of growing where you are? I think that's always a good start. If you like other factors about your job, it's always worth looking around to see, is there something else I could be taking on? Is there someone else I could be learning from? Even if it's not my direct boss, my direct manager, can I supervise interns? Can I run a side project? If not, if you have really tried to do all of those things and nothing is happening and you truly are not growing in your job then I think it's time to look elsewhere.
2: Okay. So I'm going to ask a question that is a real situation. I will not name names for fear she will get fired. And then that person would be on my payroll. So there's a toxic person in her work environment, not the person she directly reports to, but in her work environment, uh, her boss's boss. Okay.
1: Mm,
2: And yeah, really toxic and it affects everybody even though it's a big company. It is so toxic that... This person is, has decided I, I gotta go. And, and I've asked the question, if that toxic person were removed from the scene, would your, would your thinking about leaving be different? And absolutely, it would be different. Although it's so toxic that it has colored her entire view of maybe I don't want this industry. This is just not a way to work. Mm. But of course, the way they're working is entirely a function of this person who expects everybody. I mean, she's just chaotic and lots of toxic things, but. So when there is an actor in the situation who is particularly toxic what what is the advice that you really should leave because that person isn't leaving what I mean is there what do
1: you do about that I think it depends on a few factors if this person is truly not going anywhere they are upper management they're respected by the executive team they're not going anywhere then I think you you really need to think about removing yourself from the situation.
2: Okay, well, that's what
1: we, mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't have her. Don't let it color the industry at large. I think if she talks to other people in other industries and sort of understands what other environments are, yeah, elsewhere that can be helpful.
0: I have one more question before we wrap up. If there is this conversation around millennials that they're they're entitled and that they come into the job expecting so much. Look, I think that's a very gross generalization, but I do what we are talking about here is this mindset of up or out, like I need to grow or get out. Who do you think gave them that mindset? Mommy. Right. <laughs> Mommy and daddy. Um, so- is it actually something that should be perpetuated enabled in other words is this actually maybe a good thing that they're that eager to do more and matter more or are you seeing that as a problem from a cultural point of view of just you know what it's actually important to just roll up your sleeves and tough keep, it out tough it out
1: i think it's a combination i think in situations, it is important to roll your sleeves up and, and tough it out, but not to do it so much that you are stuck doing the same responsibilities up for three years. So it's valid to just say, you know what? I'm bored. Absolutely. Okay. The world is changing so fast that if you are not growing, you're not taking on new skills, you'll become irrelevant.
2: Okay. So I have, I'm bored now. So let's wrap this up.
1: All right. I'm we'll bored. be back to the big payoff after this break.
0: The feeling of something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I wanted get down the stairs. Close to the left me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes,
2: I'm stuck
0: in the middle. We're back talking to Adrian Granzella Larson, who's the editor-in-chief of The Muse. So here's a question I have for you about your work environment. Given the fact that The Muse is all about career and giving, you know, making the best of everybody, and it's mo- it's for women, right? That's not... Not it, really. Not exclusively. No, we started
1: for women, and then we sort of realized that all of these things we were talking about that we thought Great. were issues just for women were not at all. Okay, that's We also thought they yeah. were just for millennials. And to your point, you know, the, the site does skew millennials because a lot of our writers, our staff, our founders are all millennials, but... We're for everyone, and, and okay. we have many, many readers in their 40s and 50s who are dealing with exactly the same things as our readers who are 25. Got it.
0: So my question is, does that put more pressure on your company That's to be good. this kind of ultimate enlightened workplace, work enlightened place? I, that would seem like a lot of pressure, because what if people leave the muse
1: saying, well, actually, it sucked to work there? <laughs> We're actively trying not to have that happen. Um, we are. I mean, we we think about... Every day, every week, how to make the muse a wonderful place to work, how to actively help people grow their careers, how to how to hire the right people, and then how to make the muse a great place to work. And what are – can
0: you give us a couple examples of things that you think do make, make the, the muse
1: a great place to work? Yeah. So we've always had – to your point, we've always had reviews. Every six months we have reviews. Yeah, us and, too. Yeah,
2: yeah, I review <laughs> Suzanne every night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Feedback is good, and constant reviews are are a good thing. And and again, what what a lot of people want. We do three sixty degree reviews, though. So (laughs) that's
2: so scary. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want anyone telling me what my
1: ass looks like. I don't want any three (laughs) sixty. But so I, when I have a review, my boss talks to my direct reports and talks to other people on the executive team and gets feedback from a whole bunch of people. It's not just her perspective. Okay, so what's the
2: good part of this?
1: The good part is feedback's a good thing. Okay, what about vacations? Unlimited vacations? You've seriously, seriously, that
0: to me feels like the trend that is here to stay. Where you're working, you're working. So many. I mean, the idea of vacation days was in a world where people really did corporate America still check out. The
2: best boss I ever had had a mantra that was so fantastic, which is, whatever makes you happy is going to be good for this company and it would be oh yeah. you mean you're you're struggling with a mortgage let us underwrite your mortgage. like get obstacles out of your wow. way so that you can work and it kept me there for 10 years wow. 10 years i mean right why would you leave why why yeah that's amazing so and and do you f- and so the skills that people bring to the muse they don't come in as career experts, right? They come in as writers, as right. they
1: come in as as, as whatever they're doing, as, yeah. as engineers, as writers, video as player. video producers, as salespeople, and so on.
2: Okay. And, and and the chemistry among the team is
1: good? It's great. It's a really wonder it's a group of really warm, wonderful, generous people who are all so very nice. We have a rule that we will not hire assholes it's on our website oh, like rule. the no assholes for yeah. all yeah. and and as such i i'm never in meetings with people i can't stand i can it's vouch amazing. for the fact
2: that you are not an asshole
0: and
1: i, I, I can also you. say the you is not sponsoring
2: for, this segment i just want you to no
0: know. i've i've known adrian now for almost an hour and i can um yeah. confirm that yeah well thanks guys i think isn't that something nice to leave the podcast with that yep. you have that the bar is that high and you've leapt over it yep um, this has really been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been so much fun. I've learned a lot and feel like now I need to tell Rachel, I'm looking. 360? Um, no, I'm looking to. <laughs> oh, to <leave. laughs> I'm, I'm just letting okay, you we'll know. Discuss that I'm also. looking. We'll be back to the big payoff next week.
2: If you enjoyed today's show and want to hear more from Rachel and Suzanne, you can follow them on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio and like them on Facebook at The Big Payoff. Our theme music comes from Penthouse Suites. Hear more at PenthouseSWEETS.com. You can download past episodes and rate, review, and subscribe to The Big Payoff at iTunes or through the ACAST app. You can always find us online at
0: BigPayoffRadio.com.